wise are you? Call out for insight. And cry aloud for understanding. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Hey, good morning, Journey Church. How are you? We feeling good? We feeling good? I just, uh, I just spent five days in the flathead, so I'm ready to preach all five services. We're adding some today. Just kidding. Uh, we're doing the nine o'clock, I know, and a lot of you are watching online. And then the 11, of course, is online. What a great honor to be here. We haven't got to do church in person in a while in California. It's been a little bit wild down there, so it's so good to see you, even with masks on. I love it. It's so good to see you. What an honor it is to be here at Journey Church. As Pastor Bob said, I grew up in Bozeman, went to Bozeman High School, class of 06. And Chris Townley and I played on the same basketball team. Actually, he was a, a, a couple of grades above me. He led the team in assists. I led the team in turnovers. And so um, I have that rolling for me in the halls of Bozeman High School. And I miss this place though, man. I miss, I miss big sky country. San Diego is a beautiful place to live, sunny and 75 every day. But this is, this is my favorite Place. And so we are so grateful to be back. I say we because my wife and I um, are back here with our family this week. I've been married four months, so I'm practically an expert. And uh, if you have any questions, text them to me. I'll email them straight to Bob. And uh, we're, we're having fun, though. We're having a ton of fun. And this season has been uncertain for a lot of us. A lot of us, especially in the church world, it's been uncertain. But uh, what I do know this is God is still building his church in 2020. And I really believe years from now, we'll not look back on this time as a pandemic of a virus, but a pandemic of faith and love that arose in the church. That although the church might have left the building in some regards and had to go online, it also started to establish stronger family units where moms continued to lead their kids and dads continued to lead their kids and became the main discipler of the house. I have a, I have a heart for discipleship. That's what I, I do at our church down at Captivate. Me and my best friend launched a church two years ago uh, from, a, from a church called Skyline. They sent us out to plant a church. And John Maxwell, who you uh, heard earlier on the Global Leadership Summit, he was a pastor of that church for a while. And they sent us out to plant a church. And so we've been doing that for almost two years now. We're coming up on and so it's, uh, it's been an honor. And again, you guys don't know me, but I, I know you deeply and well because I follow a long journey all the time. My prayer, my heart for journey has been Mark 1, In Mark 1, it talks about all the city was gathered. It says the whole city was gathered at the door to hear this Jesus preach. And my heart and my vision for Journey Church is as you continue to lift high the name of Jesus, the whole city, the whole Gallatin Valley will be crowded outside that door. And as you continue to lift him high in your preaching, in your worship, in your service, in your love, God is faithful to bring men and women to that church. That's what we try to do down at Captivate in San Diego. And that's really the one thing we say when people ask us, how do you plan a church? Lift high the name of Jesus. We can talk about strategies and there's probably a million ways to, to start a church but if you lift high the name of Jesus in your preaching, in your worship, you make him known, you make him the center of this place, God is faithful to bring people through. And I believe you guys are doing just that. It's been a pleasure to know the leadership team here, Pastor Bob and his amazing wife, Carmen, you also married up, congratulations. And, 
and, and Pastor Brian, who's got more enthusiasm than anyone I've ever met. I'm just, I'm leaking his enthusiasm. I'm trying to sing along with him. I almost lost my voice. And, and, and Pastor Mark, I love Mr. Mark. Uh, Brandon, Pastor Brandon, what an incredible gift he is to your church. And of course, Chris Townley, who introduced me. I'm leaving one person out. That is the fish whisperer himself, Mr. John Oakland. I love Mr. John Oakland. He took my dad and I um, out. Actually, Pastor Bob, John, and Brandon took us out uh, fishing one time. The fish just jump in the boat for John. It's weird. They don't even go through the process of, of grabbing the fly, doing the whole line thing, getting reeled in. They're just jumping the boat for, for Pastor John. They say, take my picture. Let's go, John. I got things to do today. He is an unbelievable gifted fisherman. I love hanging out with Pastor John. So thank you guys. Thank you for letting me be with you today. It is an honor. My wife and I have spent quite a bit of time with Pastor Bob. And one of the things um, last time we were, we were hanging out, we were having coffee and I left thinking two things about Pastor Bob. One, how can I be bald and beautiful at 45? Because I couldn't stop thinking about the golden halo of delight. It just shines, shines on you. The second thing was that that man has a trust in the Lord, a trust in the Lord that, man, if, if, if we could put that into every heart and every leader of a church in this United States, I really think the church would have great days ahead. To trust in the Lord with all your heart is what we're going to be talking about today in the Proverbs. We're going to get there in just a minute. But I just want to tell you that you have a leader that trusts in the timing in, of the Lord, and he trusts in the character of God to lead his church in 2020. Although he's incredibly gifted, although he's an incredibly gifted speaker and leader, maybe his greatest asset is his trust. And I walked away that day and I said, I asked my wife, what do you think about Bob? She said, you know what his greatest asset is? You know what his greatest gift is? I said, that golden halo, the delight, the hair, the head. And uh, she said, yes, but also he has a trust in the sovereign timing of the Lord. And I was like, wow, this girl's way more spiritual than I. I knew I married well. She saw the same thing I saw, that there was this trust. And so I, I, I wanna talk about that today. I wanna talk about that in the Proverbs. Proverbs 3, five through six is where we're gonna be. I know you've been going through this book of Proverbs and the Proverbs is this, yes, collection of wise sayings that we've talked about. They're powder keg statements of wisdom. For every situation, there's a proverb. For every proverb, there is a situation. We call Proverbs a book, but it's really a, a part of a much larger book that is the Bible, the 66 books that make up the Bible. The Bible is the story of how man lost his way and God sent his son to redeem us. Jesus died to have relationship with you. Jesus died to have relationship with you. You can't read the book of Proverbs without seeing the one that the Proverbs point to. And I think scholars would agree on this statement. The Proverbs are a shell of the perfect person that Jesus embodies. The Proverbs are a shell of the perfect person that Jesus embodies. Let me prove it to you though. Proverbs 25, 13 says this, a faithful worker is as refreshing as a cool day in the hot summertime. A faithful worker is as refreshing as a cool day in the hot summertime. Jesus is the faithful worker. Jesus' one mission to seek and save the lost, we see in Luke, to go to the cross for you and I. Jesus is the faithful worker. Proverbs 15, 20, a wise son brings joy to his father. Oh, who was the who was the, the wise son that brought joy to his father? Who was the faithful son? That is Jesus. Jesus, upon the inauguration of, of his ministry, gets baptized 
And you remember that spirit comes upon Jesus and that clouds open up and, and the father says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. Jesus is the faithful son. Jesus is the faithful friend. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Who's the best lover of people? And the friend to his followers. This is Jesus. Jesus is the faithful friend. The friend that laid down his life for people that wanted nothing to do with him. The the friend that laid down his life for people that would disown him. The, The friend that laid down his life for people that would betray him. So you can't talk about Proverbs without talking about this Jesus. And where I wanna land today is Proverbs 3, five through six. That was my 10 minute introduction for you guys to get there. Are we there? Proverbs 3, five through six. (laughs) We're there. Let me read it to you. It says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In every way you walk, in every decision you make, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the time and the moments we share around your word this morning. In a season that is uncertain, let us stand today upon the 2000 foot rock that is scripture. Nations will come and go. Movements will come and go. Countries will come and go. Our ideas will come and go, but your word lasts forever. Your word is enduring. Your word is something to be praised and held onto. So today, Jesus, I pray in the moments that we share, you would be high and lifted up. That is my heart. That is our heart to see you high and lifted up. I pray over the moments we share, your spirit would divide this message on every individual heart here and watching online. We love you. We need you. It's in your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Anybody in here like hiking? By a raise of hands, anybody in here like hiking? That's like kind of a funny thing to ask a group full of Montanans. Um, How many of you are like the rugged hikers though? You like the rugged hiking, backpacking through the mountains. I I hear you're gonna do a a climb to uh, the Sacagawea Peak or the Ridge in a little bit. Unbelievable. That's not for me. That's not the hiking I like. Here's the hiking I like. I like the paved path. I like maybe just staying in the car and driving up the mountain. I'm a big fan of just carrying my 12-pack of LaCroix, my favorite sparkling beverage, non-alcoholic. And, and, and I love grabbing that. I love grabbing uh, my favorite snacks. I love grabbing a non-battery-powered flashlight in case we're, case we're out there for a little while. I, I love hiking next to maybe a babbling brook just for the peace, you know? But some of you are real hikers. That's the bougie kind of hiking. That's, that's bougie hiking. But that is the kind of hiking that maybe I've become a comfort, comforted too. My wife and I went to Glacier National Park this last week. And um, I'm thinking to myself, uh, we're, we're, we got to get up there. I got to show her uh, what, what Glacier is all about. And so my idea of hiking is a little bit different than hers. And this was a good moment for us. It's a good moment as a n- newly married couple. She's the adventurous one. I'm the let's see the straight path one. And, and so we get in the car, we head up to Glacier. We get to the west entrance of Glacier and we stop at the coffee shop there and they have a new, brand new mini golf. And I'm like, let's just stay here and do the mini golf, man. This is the time. She's like, we're in the mountains, dude. We're going up. And so we get, we, we get into the mountain. We drive up to Logan Pass. Many, many of you know it. We get to the vid- visitor center. Uh, we do a, a double around. We loop around. We take some pictures. And I'm like, we're done. Cool. We did it. It's hiking, man. It's hiking at its finest. I can see the path. 
I love this. And on the way down, she says to me, so when are we actually, we're gonna actually like hike, right? And I'm like, I thought we just did that. I thought we, I thought we already did that. She's like, no, 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 we gotta get out there. We gotta see, we gotta see the path less traveled. And so we went to a place on the way down called Cascade Falls, I believe. Cascade Falls, I don't know if you've been there. We pulled into a paved parking lot, which I can do. And um, we're in there, there's a paved path down to kind of this, this little fork in the road. And then it goes all dirt. And you know when it goes all dirt, you're serious. It's a serious time. And we cross over the, we cross over the bridge and we get, to this, um, we get to this little fork and we take, a, take another left. And, and, and all of a sudden we're at this spot where all these families are gathered, kids and, and dads, and they're jumping into glacier water. And, and I'm like, what is this, man? This is, this is hiking. This is it. And we get there, and my wife looks at me. She said, you should jump in. You should jump in. And I'm like, yeah, I should. But I don't want to die. This is glacier water. And it looks like at least class two or three rapids. Not five, but two or three. But then, of course, you have the guy who's been growing chest hair for like 50 years. He's out there and he's like, come on, man. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. He, he, he literally grabs me. We walk up to the, top of the, to the top of the run of the water and he jumps in and he's like, you gotta do this. And I'm like, all right. And so I jump in and there I am in a hot summer day floating down Glacier National Park in the most freezing water, my hands up, hanging loose, <laughs> people taking pictures I can barely breathe. And I'm thinking... This is, this is faith. This is, this is the place God wants to take each and every one of us. But you can't get there. You can't get there if you're certain about the path that you're on. My kind of life sometimes, my kind of hiking, I think is indicative of the way in which we all look at faith. I wanna see the, I, I wanna trust the path that I can see. If I can see the path, I can trust it. If I can see the path, I can Trust it, but that requires no faith. If you can see the entire path, it means you're living by sight, not by faith. If you can see the entire path for your life, it means you're living by sight, not by faith. And there's a temptation in many of us to build a life, not on faith, but on sight. We can build a pretty good life that way. But if you do decide to build a life on faith, you'll find a life that is beautiful beyond compare. And so what I wanna talk about today is what it looks like to trust God. What it looks like to trust God even when you can't see the path. What if some of the greatest moments for your faith were the moments where you couldn't see the path but you trusted God anyway? What if some of the greatest moments of your faith were the moments where you couldn't see the path but you trusted God anyway? Proverbs 3, five through six, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Trust. First observation from this text, trust. Some of us have trust issues because people have hurt us. Some of us have trust issues just because maybe we were born that way and we weren't in a family where the people who were supposed to protect us, we couldn't even trust. Trust is this. It's the firm belief and the reliability and the ability and the character of someone. And you might've had someone early on that you thought you trusted and then their character took them a different way. You might've had someone now in your life you, you thought you could trust 
but it turns out that they weren't to be trusted at all. Trust is the firm belief in the reliability, the ability, and the character of someone. Let me say it like this. Trust equals capacity and affinity. Trust equals both capacity and affinity. Capacity. Capacity is someone's ability to be able to love you. Someone's ability to be able to lead you. Someone's ability to be able to help you. I, I, uh, my car broke down the other day, and uh, I, I talked to someone, and he said, uh, your, your brakes are bleeding. I was like, what? My brakes are bleeding. Brakes aren't supposed to bleed. That doesn't make no, no sense to me. Well, what does that mean? So I called a mechanic. Why? Because a mechanic has the capacity to help me. They know how the car operates. They know how the car works. I called the mechanic. 4.9 stars are up on Yelp. Make sure you, you do your yelping. Uh, I called the mechanic and he says, oh, your brakes need bleeding. You need to flush the brake fluid. Makes total sense. I trust. I trust him. I trust him. Capacity. We trust people who have the capacity to help us. We also trust people who have the affinity for us. This is the one person in your life, hopefully the, the, the more than one person in your life, but you at least have one, I pray, that you can trust because you know they are for you, that they do anything for you, that they love you. And if you can find a mechanic who both has the capacity and the affinity for you, ladies, you should marry that guy. You should marry that guy. So let's talk about this. Solomon writes this to us, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Why with all your heart? Because Solomon has tried everything under the sun. In another book he wrote called Ecclesiastes, some great summer reading will save you years of chasing the wrong things in life. He sets out to find meaning under the sun. Everything under the sun, he sets out to find meaning. Wine, women, buildings, real estate, power. He chased it all. Then he chased the simple life out in the sticks. And at the end of his conclusion, he says this, at the end of the matter, I conclude that it's all meaningless. The only thing that has meaning is to be in fear of the Lord, to be in awe of the Lord, which is what the beginning of wisdom, which we talked about in earlier weeks, to, to, to fear the Lord and to keep his commandments of love. This is the full duty of man. So Solomon is saying this with great experience. Trust in the Lord with all your heart because God has, is the only one who has the capacity and the affinity to love you. He sees farther than you see. Isaiah 55, nine says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than yours. I'm 32. Jesus is infinity. You might be 45, 56. We might have someone in a hundred that's in here today. God is infinity. He was, he is, and he is to come. He sees farther. God has the greatest capacity to love you, yet we trust in things that don't have a capacity to love us. God also has the greatest affinity for you. Jeremiah 31, three. I have loved you with an everlasting love. God's love for you is everlasting. There is nothing you can do that would make Jesus turn from you. There is nothing you've done in your past that would disqualify you from the love of Jesus. That's what makes Christianity the only true faith system in the world that is built upon grace, that this king surrendered his crown to come to us. That although he was rich, he became poor on our behalf so we might become the righteousness of God. There is nothing you can do to earn God's love. It's just on you. Why? Because he has the greatest affinity for you. What are you trusting in? And what happens when the lights go out, when it gets dark, like 2020? 2020 is uncertain. What happens then? 
Charles Spurgeon says this, to trust God in the light is nothing, but to trust him in the dark, that is faith. To trust God in the dark, that is faith. For many of us, 2020 looks like trusting God in the dark. God, why did I lose that job? Why did I have that family member abandon us? Why is this relationship not working out? There was this lady at my old church at Skyline in uh, San Diego, and she suffered from incredible depression. And she was in the... She was in the cafe reading the Bible eight hours a day. And I would say to her, well, you read the Bible more than anyone I know, any pastor I know. And, I, and she said to me, yeah, it's because I, I suffer from incredible depression. And the only way the depression ever lifts is when I read the word of God. And so I just sink into it every day. That's someone who is trusting God with all her heart, even when it doesn't make sense. And that leads us to the observation number two, lean. Lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding, Solomon is saying. To lean on someone is to derive your support from them. This is your source. To lean on someone is to derive your support from them. You better be sure what you're leaning on is worthy of the weight of your soul. It it, it means to depend on someone, to rely on someone for an outcome you hope is favorable. Where are you leaning? On your own understanding? Because to, to lean on anything other than God, you'll be leaning on an outcome that is less than God. To lean on anything other than God, you're gonna be leaning on an outcome that is less than God. And 2020 has brought us to a moment, many of us, where we cannot see the path forward. God has us maybe exactly where he wants us. He didn't create this virus. He didn't create this pandemic, but he can use it because all things work together for those who love the Lord. He can use this moment where you can't see the path ahead or maybe it's not you, but a family member, where they can't see the path ahead. He can use this moment because indicative in the text, lean not on your own understanding, is to lean on his, whose ways are higher than yours, whose thoughts are higher than yours. Where are you leaning? Sometimes you're gonna get to a moment where it don't make any sense. And you have a moment to trust God with all your heart. About a year ago, we were a year old in our church plant. We were Meeting in the high school, we did pop-up church there for about a year. Every single day, set up and tear down. It was crazy. It was fun. But we built a family that was built on service, on serving. And then a year in, we had a, a, a member of our family come to us and say, hey, uh, there's a church down the street that's relocating. They're going to sell. We think you should take a look at it. So for weeks, we prayed about it. And we got the whole family together, leaders and everything. We said, we think God's leading us this way. It doesn't make any sense. Why? because we were gonna have to raise a million dollars in 60 days. Buying real estate in Point Loma, San Diego, California, is kind of like buying real estate at the Yellowstone Club. You're gonna need a miracle. You're gonna need a work of God to get in there. Same with Point Loma. Same with Point Loma. 60 days, a million dollars. We thought God was calling us to this. And in those 60 days, we saw people say the kingdom of God is more important than anything else in my life. And I wanna see a hub for my family, a place that my family can grow in the gospel. And I wanna see the gospel message continue to go out from this church. So we had a little girl, we had a little girl, seven years old, raised $7 at a lemonade stand. We had a, a Christian investor give us quarter of a million dollars. It was the lead gift. And I only tell you that because I wanna tell you the story behind it. The story behind it is incredible. We could have never 
have guessed where this money was going to come from. This Christian investor went to our church and him, along with a couple other Christian investors, bought a strip club, hold on, for the purpose of shutting it down. They bought a strip club on the same street as our church for the purpose of shutting it down and getting those women into a healthier lifestyle and getting them the healing they needed. And each and every one of them received that. And this Christian investor said, I want to give you the shares I have in this strip club so that the sale of a strip club would go to the purchasing of a church on the same street. Amen. Amen. That was the moment we saw God move because we weren't leaning on our own understanding. It didn't make sense. And now we have this beautiful home open seven days a week, 24 hours a day for the gospel to go out. It's unbelievable. We had to lean on God's understanding. Finally, Solomon wants us to see acknowledge. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge, acknowledge, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. To acknowledge is to perceive a person's every move. It's this Hebrew word, yadah. It's to learn, to perceive, to grow an experience with, to find intimacy with someone. To acknowledge someone isn't just like they're in the room. It's like, what would they do if they were in the room? This is the beauty of God's word to us. Layered in each and every line, there's a process for living. Trust me with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In the way that you're in right now, in the story, in the moment, in the circumstance you're in right now, acknowledge me, yada. Perceive how I would do it. For me, this looks like literally getting on my knees and saying, Jesus, if you were to have your way in this situation, if you were to have your way in my marriage, what would it look like? If you were to have your way in this relationship, what would it look like? If you would have your way in leading my kids, what would it look like? This is acknowledging God. And, and, and secondly, you need to spend time with him. John 15, five says, as you abide in him, he abides in you. But if you don't abide in him, you cannot do anything. This is the fruit of the vine. Fruit comes from spending time with God. And many of you know this. Many of you have been married for quite a few years. You can finish each other's sentences. It's so cute. It's so cute. You can finish each other's sentences. This is the yada of God. This is to acknowledge. This is to come into an understanding of what he would do at any moment. And it's the, it's the, it's the people that have been married for a long time that would know what their wife or what their husband would say in any given moment. This is beautiful. My wife sent me to the store the other day to uh, buy ingredients for chicken salsa. It's a Latin dish. Her, her mom was in town, my mother-in-law. She stayed with us. I hit the jackpot of blessing for in-laws. They're amazing. And we're gonna make this Mexican dish. She sent me to the store with a list, like 50 long, of how to make chicken salsa, the ingredients we need. One day, I'm not there yet. One day she's gonna turn to me and she's gonna say, hey, will you go to the store and get ingredients for chicken salsa? And I'll be like, you got it. She's gonna be like, you need a list? I'll be like, nope. I've spent so much time with you. I already know. I already know what you would buy. I already know you want the organic tomatoes, not the regular tomatoes. I already know. This is spending time with the Lord. Spending time with the Lord, you'll be able to perceive what he would do in any moment, any situation. The Proverbs give us this beautiful series of lines. Trust in the Lord. He has the capacity and the affinity to love you most. Lean not on your own own understanding, because there are going to be moments in life where your understanding will fall short. And it's a moment to trust God in all your ways. 
acknowledge him. God, what would you have me do in this moment? And he will make your path straight. This proverb points us to the ultimate example of trust, which is Jesus. The road to the cross, it was not straight. Many couldn't see the path. Many didn't understand why he would have to go through this, but what? He trusted in his father. In Luke 22, he's in the garden, he's sweating blood over the weight of the sin that he would take on for you and me so that we could have relationship with the father. And he leans on the father's understanding in that moment. Father, not my will, but yours be done, Luke 22, 42. He acknowledges God as he goes to the cross and he suffers an unbearable death. He's put away in a tomb. And then on the third day, the resurrection happens and he rises again to make the path straight for you and I to the Father, the path of salvation. I don't know what you're dealing with today. I, I, I can't possibly know the pain you might be walking through. Or maybe you're coming off a season that's incredibly triumphant. Whether you're in the, the valley or on a mountaintop, God is calling you to deeper trust. God is calling you not to lean on your own understanding. God is calling you to, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Because at the end of your life, what I want you to be known for is a life where God moved mightily. Jim Simbola, one of my favorite authors, says it like this. I despised the thought that my life might slip away without seeing God move mightily on my behalf. It's my prayer for Journey Church. It's my prayer for you. I want your life to be a life that so trusts in God, so leans not on your understanding and so acknowledges him that at the end of your days, there's testimonies all around of only God could have done that. Only God could have done that. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the moments we share around your word. You were too good to us. There's a moment in front of so many people right now, they're trying to figure out which way to go. They can see one option, but I pray they would consider maybe the path that they couldn't see. The path that leads to more humility, the path that leads to more grace, the path that leads to more love. And if you were to have your way in their situation right now, what would it look like? God, we pray this, all that we are, all that we have, and all that we wish to become, we give it to you right now. All that we are, all that we have, all we wish to become, we give to you. Would you take our life and build a testimony out of it that points people to the majesty and the beauty of Jesus? It's in your precious son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has allowed you to dig out more of who God has made you to be. If you made some kind of spiritual decision today and are interested in what's next, we'd love to connect with you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit journeyweb.net. If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can give online at journeyweb.net slash give. Thanks.